Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. Twice every weekday on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Satan is a fallen angel, a powerful one for sure. And once he has you where he wants you, he'll chew you up and he'll spit you out. But Pastor Greg Laurie says there's good news. He points out today that Satan is powerful, but his power is no match for our God. The Bible reminds us that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So God is more powerful than Satan, and God is bigger than your problem. This is the day when the lost are found. people are right into trucks. The more power, the more capacity, the bigger, the better. Well, consider the Belaz 75710 mining truck. It weighs 35 tonnes empty, and its tyres alone are four metres tall. There's no comparison there to a Hilux. Well, today on A New Beginning, Master Greg Laurie points out there's no comparison between our enemy and our God. God's power and capabilities are infinite. is bigger than your problem. How does that sound? (laughs) I'm sure I'm talking to somebody right now that is facing a problem of some kind. So I have a very hopeful message for you today. Starting with this thought. There is a God in heaven who deeply loves you. If you forget everything else I say to you in this message, just remember that. You are loved by God. And God wants to reveal His custom-made plan that He has just for you. He wants to flood your life with love and peace and joy and purpose. And then, if that's not enough, and that's a lot, He wants you to spend all eternity with Him in this amazing place called heaven. One of my favorite verses from the Bible is Jeremiah 29, 11, where God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So yes, it's true. God loves you and God has a plan for your life and God has a future for you. Now listen to this. Just as surely as there is a God in heaven who loves you, there is a devil from hell who hates you. He's a hateful, spiteful, wicked creature who opposes God and opposes anybody who follows God. The Bible describes him like a roaring lion, skulking about, seeking whom he may devour. Jesus summed it up this way. He said in John 10.10, the thief, speaking of the devil, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But in contrast, Christ says, but I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. So the devil... He wants to stop you from following Jesus Christ. He wants to ruin your life. 
when you're being tempted, you ought to remember the words of the great evangelist Billy Sunday who said, quote, hell is the highest reward the devil can offer you for being a servant of his. Wow. Hell is the highest reward? With that in mind, why would anybody ever give in to the temptations of the devil? Answer, sin makes us stupid. I mean, think about it. Think about the people that you know that are intelligent individuals who've gone and done the craziest things under the sway and power of sin. That's why we give in to these things. So though the devil is powerful, don't forget this, God is way more powerful. Listen, the devil is not God's equal. God is the almighty creator of the universe. The devil, Lucifer, Satan, is a fallen angel, a powerful one for sure, but not anywhere near the equal of God. And the Bible reminds us that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So God is more powerful than Satan and God is bigger than your problem. I want to tell you a story from the Bible, Mark chapter 5. I'd encourage you to turn over there with me right now. It's a story of a man who had been completely taken over by the power of the devil. A tortured, miserable, suicidal shell of a man in what appeared to be an absolutely hopeless situation. That is, until Jesus came along. What we see in this man is the devil's package deal, if you will, that he has in store for any person who is in his grip. You see, the devil will start with just a foothold and then he'll take over. Give him an inch and he'll take a mile. And once he has you where he wants you, he'll chew you up and he'll spit you out. Judas Iscariot is a classic example of this, one of the hand-picked disciples of our Lord. But of course, we know that Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. I guess that money looked pretty appealing to Judas, but then after the devil got what he wanted from Judas Iscariot, he kicked him to the curb like yesterday's garbage. So Judas found out the end result of doing the wrong thing. The story before us illustrates these points and more. We see three forces at work and the text that we're gonna be looking at. We see Satan, society, and the Savior. Or another way to look at it, we see chaos, culture, and then Christ. Now as our story begins, we see that Jesus is on his way to reach this tragic man who had actually been taken over by the power of demons, not one demon, not 10 demons, but many demons, as it turns out. And so as Jesus is on his way, a storm comes on the Sea of Galilee, effectively sent by the devil to stop Jesus from reaching this man. But Christ would not be stopped. And it reminds us how God seeks us out, how God loves us. Jesus told the story of a shepherd who had 100 sheep and one sheep went astray. And he left the 99 sheep and sought that one stray lamb and found it, wrapped it around his neck and brought it back rejoicing. That's how Jesus is. He's gonna reach that person like that tragic woman at the well uh, from Samaria who had ruined her life and Jesus had an appointment with her. Like little Zacchaeus, a tax collector who lived in Jericho, Jesus sought him out and Jesus will not take no for an answer. 
You're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And this is A New Beginning. Thanks for joining us. Today, he's digging deep as he brings us a message called God is Bigger Than Your Problem. Let's continue. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. By the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. You might underline that phrase. I'll come back to it. Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind and the other boats followed. Soon a fierce storm came up and high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Look at verse 38. I love this. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. <laughs> he had a pillow. That's nice. He was comfortable in the lower part of the boat as the storm is raging. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Jesus woke up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still not have any faith? And I love this last verse. The disciples were absolutely terrified, saying, Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Storms happened all the time on the Sea of Galilee. Apparently this was a pretty bad storm because the seasoned sailors themselves were freaking out. And then we find the Lord coming up on deck and stopping the storm. Storms come into our lives as Christians. Sometimes we call on the Lord and He stops a storm like the story before us. Other times the Lord sustains us through the storm. But know this, wherever you're at, your storm has a beginning, middle, and an end. One more thing I would add, you're either pulling into a storm or you're coming out of a storm. There'll be another one coming, just know that. And please don't let that sound depressing. I hope it doesn't. Because Jesus is with you in your storms as well as when he is with you on your sunny days. And the fact of the matter is you learn things in the midst of storms or hardships or trials that you will not learn anywhere else. And besides, there's no reason to panic. Why? Jesus said to the disciples in Mark 4, 35, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Now if Jesus had said, let's get on the boat and go into the middle of the lake and die, I probably would not have boarded that boat. But that's not what he said. He said, let's go to the other side of the lake. He did not promise smooth sailing, but he did promise a safe arrival. He promises the same to you right now. He never said life is gonna be easy. He said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. But he'll get you to the other side. And, and ultimately for us as Christians, the other side is when we get to heaven. Let's go to the other side. He was on board. Listen to this. Better to be in a storm with Jesus than anywhere else without him. In this story, Satan was trying to stop Jesus, but he failed. By the way, when Jesus went out to the storm and said, peace be still, it could better be translated, peace be muzzled. As though he was talking to a crazy, aggressive, wild animal or a dog. My wife and I were out walking the other day and, and we went into this one street and there's this big dog 
no leash, and he's barking, kind of coming at us. And I kind of pushed her back, oh, okay, let's not go down that street. I don't know what the owner was up to, but that dog was clearly saying, this is my street. You know, but it's not usually the big dogs that bite you, it's those little yappy dogs. Uh, we uh, recently, or a while ago, I should say, we were walking through another area of our neighborhood where there's this tiny little park, and and we were walking on a little sidewalk, and a lady was approaching with one of those small, yappy little dogs. And when I see a person with a dog, I always go around the dog. I don't trust them. They might bite. And sure enough, that dog bit Kathy in the ankle, and it broke the skin. It was not a good thing. And uh, it's always those yappy dogs. You know, why do they bite so much? Maybe they're just upset. I'm little, I'm yappy, I am a, not an attractive dog. Even a cat is better than me. And they know it. Like the little chihuahuas, they're always shaking. Why are they shaking? Because they're thinking, I'm not a rat. Don't feed me to a snake. I don't know. But she got bit by the park. And the funny thing is, now whenever we walk near that park, I say, let's go through dog bite park. So we've sort of memorialized it. But look, Jesus was speaking to the power behind the storm, which was the devil, like a wild animal or an aggressive dog. Peace be still or peace be muzzled. Listen, when the devil has a person under his control, he's not going to give them up easily. He's sort of like a lion with a kill. Nothing's going to happen without a fight. That's why it's so hard to get someone to go to church with you. Well, I don't know. I have other things to do. And the devil holds on to his prey. But again, remember, God is more powerful than the devil. And God is bigger than your problem. So they come across the Sea of Galilee. Jesus has stopped the storm. And what is waiting for them on the other side but a man who is possessed by demons. Turn now to Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read verses one through nine, which says, So they arrived on the other side of the lake in the region of the Gadarenes, and when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. And day and night he wandered among the burial caves in the hills, howling and cutting himself with stones. When Jesus saw him some distance away, uh, the man saw him and ran to meet him and bowed before him. And with a shriek he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. And Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Wow, what a, what a story. This is downright spooky. A frightening, evil man with superhuman strength hanging around in a graveyard, screaming and howling. Another one of the gospel accounts tells us if that wasn't enough, the guy was naked. So he's running around. Nobody wanted to go near that graveyard. No one would want to go uh, pay their respect to their loved ones who had passed. They might run into the crazy naked guy who broke chains. And so everyone wrote this guy off, man. He's out of his mind. He's under the power of the devil. And notice it says he cut himself. Isn't that interesting? You know, cutting or self-injury, as it's sometimes called, is becoming far more widespread among young people today. Kids cutting themselves with sharp 
objects like razor blades. And by the way, girls do it more often than boys. At the end of my message, I'm gonna tell you a story of one of these young people, a young girl named Nikki, who cut herself and was very despondent in what God did for her. How this guy ended up in this state where he's cutting himself and, and so tormented, we can only imagine. This man was dead spiritually. The Bible says that we're dead in our trespass in our sin. The Bible also says that she that lives for pleasure is dead while she is living. You know, when guards will lead a condemned man down the prison hallway, they would call out the words, dead man walking. That's exactly who this guy was. He was a dead man walking. story today on A New Beginning. Pastor Greg Laurie with a study from Mark chapter 5 called God is Bigger Than Your Problem. Now next time we'll hear some more rich insights from the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. But before we go today, Pastor Greg closes this way. I mentioned earlier about how young people are cutting themselves and I received a letter a while ago from a young lady named Nikki who came to one of our Harvest Crusade events and this is what she wrote, and I'll just read it. She says, My life lately has been in the slumps. I was freaked out about school. I was having boyfriend trouble. I was stressed to the max. And to top it off, my family life hasn't been the greatest. So Nikki says, I started to cut myself to cope with all of this. It was just hurting me more. I tried to stop, but I was addicted. How do you reach a young lady like this? She's at the Harvest Crusade hearing the gospel. She said, I heard that Christ saves lives, so I decided to give it a chance. And after attending your service, I felt my, like my life has made a complete turnaround. I committed my life to Jesus, and I decided to stop hurting myself. At the time, I thought God would never forgive me for what I'd done to myself and all the sins I committed. But after hearing what Greg had to say, God opened my eyes and Nikki concludes, I'm now living my new life as a Christian. Isn't that a great story? Am I talking to a young person like Nikki right now that's been cutting themselves? A young person that has a family that's falling apart? Am I talking to an older person that's lost hope in life? Whoever you are, wherever you are, God is bigger than your problem. Now for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called God is Bigger Than Your Problem. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.